0: Hi everyone, this is Everybody's Story and thanks for listening today. I'm your host, Emily Mikus, and I'm excited for you to hear my interview with Hayden. Quickly, before we get going, a reminder about the Buy Me a Coffee page. The site lets you donate to me to help with podcast production costs. If you've enjoyed an episode and learned something or related to something or just liked hearing the stories, please take a moment and donate the price of a coffee if you can. Just head to buymeacoffee slash everybody's story. Or if you don't have money to spare, Head to Apple Podcasts and leave me a rating and a review, or tell a friend about the podcast. Anything you can do will help me build it up and keep it going. Last thing, before we get into the episode, I want to give a quick trigger warning. Hayden does talk about his struggles with anorexia, so if this will be triggering for you, you might not want to listen. Or you can skip the section where he talks about anorexia and start listening in at about 15 minutes. All right, I hope you enjoy my interview with Hayden, and thank you so much again for listening. Welcome to the podcast, Hayden Moon. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, Hayden is a competitive Irish dancer from Sydney, Australia, who has danced at the state and national level. He advocates for the transgender, disabled, and First Nations communities. He is also a PhD candidate at the University of Sydney and a Pinnacle Foundation scholar. So welcome, Hayden. Thank you. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Of course. Um, So I'll start the way I start with all of my guests which is could you share a bit about your body's story kind of just your body image relationship with your body growing up
1: yeah um i'll try and keep it as short as i can um but yeah i think i have in terms of my relationship with my body image quite an interesting story and a very different story to most people because obviously i'm transgender so um there were issues in terms of being a dancer which I think a lot of people experience in terms of feeling like their body is not a dancer's body but then there were issues of my body not being the correct body for me so um, when I was quite little I didn't obviously didn't really understand a lot about about gender and things like that but I did know that I was a boy and I would tell people I was a boy Um, And would have people say that I was wrong and I would get quite confused about that So that obviously affected my body image because people were making these comments based on how I looked Um, So that was like my first experience of like feeling different in my body and then as I got older again There wasn't a lot of education when I was growing up about gender identity and transgender people So I still didn't really understand A lot of why I felt this way but when I was a teenager I just felt really uncomfortable in my body and I didn't know why I felt uncomfortable I just knew that I would look at cisgender men and be like really jealous and wanting that body but I couldn't figure out why I felt that way Um, and uh, that affected me quite a lot in my teenage years to where I developed anorexia as kind of like a coping strategy of trying to change my body to look like a masculine body because that's how i felt inside um which was really hard being in dancing as well because i was dancing girls' steps and all of that because you know in terms of society i was viewed as a girl so there was like the like complication there and having to like dance as a girl but not feeling like a girl and so there was a lot of that in my teen years just like trying to come to terms with what this feeling meant when there wasn't that education out there about it, which, you know, obviously led to an eating disorder and ways to kind of cope with that myself. Um And then when I learned what being transgender meant, which was like in my late teens and early twenties, it still took me a couple of years to really like, like piece all the puzzle pieces together and be like, okay, now I know what transgender is. I now know that it applies to me. I now know that I am transgender. Um, so that took a couple of years. And then, you know, obviously to come to terms with that and be like, all right, this, this is real. I'm going to transition. That's the best thing for me. Um, And transitioning is quite a difficult experience with your body as well, because it's changing. Um, But now that I've been on hormones for almost two years now, I love my body. Um, There are still parts of my body that like I'm uncomfortable with, like, you know, my chest, which I want to have surgery on. And obviously, you know, like, further down, which we won't go into, but you know, there are things there that um I'm still not comfortable with, but for the most part, I really love my body because of the changes that I've experienced through transitioning. So I'm now in like quite a good space with my body.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you made that very succinct, unreal. <laughs>
1: that was great. <laughs> I was trying so hard. I was like, this is a very long story. Like how do I make it really short?
0: <laughs> I know. Yeah. No, and we'll definitely delve into everything. I don't want you to feel like you're not able to tell anything. So um maybe we can get more into like, well, as a kid, and people making comments, and um, the effect that had on you, as much as you wanna share, um, yeah, the effect it had on you mentally, and then kind of when you started having the eating issues, I I don't remember, you said it was around teen years, right? Yeah. Or was that later? Yeah, so maybe talk a bit more about your um, childhood, if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, no, that's all right. figuring out where to start (laughs) um yeah it's um yeah weird comments were made to me not weird but comments that made assumptions about my body were made to me quite early in life um so you know the earliest memory that I have you know of feeling different about my body was when I I think I was about three or four um and I, you know, just kept telling my parents I was a boy and they just kept saying, you're confused. Um, You know, and like, look, see, like, you know, your brother has this body and you have this body, therefore you're not a boy. And so, um, you know, obviously I I don't blame them. They didn't know. (laughs) Um, And a lot of people didn't have that education. A lot of people even now still don't have that education. It's really only recently been uh, something that people have learned about in terms of transgender identities. So like, I don't blame my parents at all. Like i you know, probably would have also been confused. Um, So, you know, it happened, it started happening quite early, um, even in school where people would ask me if I was a boy or a girl, because, you know, I was always with the boys and I acted like a boy and I had really short hair, so I looked like a boy. And um, me not quite knowing how to answer that, um, you know, because I personally was confused myself because I felt like a boy, but people were telling me I weren't. So, like, the memories about the gender aspect of my body are very, very early um in terms of the way that i saw my body in in the sense that it affecting my eating um there were comments made when i was at dancing from other students about you know not not even directly towards me but when i was about i think i was like nine or ten um there were even conversations then which is very young and at the time I didn't realize how young we all were, but you know, I was like nine years old and people in the class were talking about how this dancer was skinnier than this dancer. And if we wanted to be like really good dancers, we had to be as skinny as that dancer, um, which it's like when nine years old, like it's really sad to think about it. Um, and then, so that affected my body image already. Cause I was like, well, I'm not as skinny as the other dancers. But it also affected my body image because i was like well firstly i'm not as skinny and secondly my body just doesn't feel right like when i look at my body it doesn't feel like what it should feel like and what it should look like and that was a gender thing but obviously again we didn't have the education to know that was a gender thing so there's like the two issues there and both of them kind of mesh together very (laughs) very well quote unquote for me growing up because like yeah, like, body body image issues are so common for transgender people, and then body image issues are so common for dancers. So, yeah. <laughs> so it was definitely, um, yeah, the two meshed together very well, which was not great. Um, and so, in terms of my eating being affected, that was probably when I was about, it started quite early, like, when I was about 11 or 12, I started to skip meals, um, because I just, Yeah, I had all these feelings about my body and I thought that that was a way, Um, it was also because I was like starting puberty as well and I was terrified of puberty because I knew that my chest was going to grow and I didn't want that because I wanted to look like a boy Um, and I thought that that was a way to stop my chest from growing. So it kind of started as a gender thing and then I kind of realised that in, in dancing that other people were doing the same thing. Like kids I was speaking to at dance class were also skipping meals. So that kind of egged me on to continue. So while it started as a gender thing for me, it was continued by the behavior of others at my dance school. Um, And I kind of did that on and off for a couple of years, Um, but it wasn't too, like, obviously it wasn't healthy. Like it wasn't good, but it wasn't to a dangerous level, which I'm glad about. Um, But when I was 16 or 17, around around then like year 11 um i just there was a lot of things going on There was a lot of pressure um and that's when i got like really really sick with anorexia and lost a lot of weight and i think that was like all of these things coming together like year 11 you're like in your you know leading up to your final year of school um you know i wanted to be successful at school and in dancing and i also you know was starting to learn a little bit more about gender stuff so I was like having you know this kind of I guess kind of an understanding a little bit more of an understanding but also knowing that I felt so uncomfortable that my body was read as female but not figuring out why and you know so there was like part of me that was like if I stop eating I'm going to look more male because my chest will be flatter and you know men are thinner as a general rule and all of this which again isn't true and I don't want to push that on any men who think that they need to look that way in my head that's how I felt um and then also knowing that I wanted to be a professional dancer and thinking in my head again it's not true but thinking in my head that in order to do that I would have to be thin so there was like both of those things that contributed in my teen years to me getting very very unwell Um, yeah so that's kind of where that happened um and I yeah I've been a healthy weight for a couple of years now Woohoo. which is great um and things started to really like um as soon as I realized uh no it wasn't even I'm just trying to piece things together I think it was year 12 was when people realized I'd lost way too much weight way too quickly and people were you know my friends were coming up to me being like this is something's going on can you talk to us and I was mortified and I was just like no I can't I can't talk to you about it because again there were the two issues at play um and yeah I did get some help then I got you know counseling and doctors and stuff like that and made it through year 12 um but, you know, and I, I got to a level where I was like a healthy weight um, and I was eating regularly, which was great, but I still had these negative thoughts at the back of my head. So it was still not perfect. Um, it's like, yep, okay, I'm like physically healthy, but, you know, all of those thoughts that I was having was still there at the back of my mind. Um, and yeah, so even in first year uni, I was still in a similar space where I was like healthy weight, you know eating regularly, going to regular appointments to check up. But the back of my head was still saying all these things.
0: Did you find that you are thinking about food a lot, like a lot during the day?
1: Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Very much like planning out every meal. And that's exactly what I'm talking about where it was like, okay, I'm physically healthy, but this way of living my life is not healthy. Like it was like every meal had to be like meticulously planned and it had to be like, you know, this many calories and, you know, eaten in a certain way. And yeah, it just dominated like all of my thoughts, um, you know, which meant that I wasn't doing as well at uni as I could have been. Um, I wasn't dancing as well as I could have been because I was constantly thinking about this stuff. Um, yeah. And then it was around first year uni. Cause like I said, I still had the negative thoughts, but it was around first year uni where other people had said to me that, you know, you know, said all these things about like, you know, you can't keep living this way and all that, but like, you don't, that like you have to come to that realization yourself you know what I mean um so it was yeah I think it was like mid first year uni where I actually said to a friend of mine I was like I think dancing has put this you know expectation on me to be thin um and she was like I'm really glad that you said that because I couldn't have told you that um you like you had to think that and she's also a dancer. So she like, she gets it. She was like, yeah, like I get it. And some people get that pressure. Um, you know, they take on that pressure a lot more than other dancers, but that pressure is definitely still there. Um, so yeah, that was like my moment where like, I had to come to that realization. Um, and then second year uni was where I really discovered what transgender meant. Um, and I did a bunch of research into it. And then I pieced together the fact that I was transgender and then that helped as well. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, like, this is the other reason why it's been so hard for me. Cause like when I made the connection between the pressure and dancing and my body, I was like, okay, I get that, but that's not all of it. There's something else. Like there's definitely something else. And I couldn't figure out what it was because there just wasn't this education. So then when I found out what transgender meant and I pieced everything together and I was like, that's why I wanted to look like the men. That's why I thought this would flatten my chest. That's why I thought that my body had to look this way. Because my, you know, my gender is masculine and I'm in a feminine body, so yeah, it was like, like I said, it's like those two things that just really like helped each other out in the worst way in terms of my eating. Um, And yeah, finding all of those puzzle pieces of like the pressure in dancing, um, being transgender, but not quite understanding that because there wasn't that education and how both of those things affected my body and talking to trans people who'd had issues with their eating. um, And there's a lot of them for the same reason that I did. And then talking to dancers who'd had issues with their eating because of the pressure and like piecing that all together. And then I could like really, yeah, like improve.
0: Because I, I wondered if there was ever a point up until that point that you took a break from dancing at all. Um, because then I, you know, maybe you were like, oh, this is too much. And then you realize like, no, I still am having like body issues or anything like that.
1: Yeah, my dancing journey is very much like a lot of that, like dancing, then taking time off, then dancing, then taking time off. Um, I think is a lot of dances, but not all. Um, so I took I took some time off when I was 14 until I was I think 15, like a year or two.
0: And was it like a relief? Did you feel like this is really a nice break or were you missing it or?
1: I, a bit of both. Um, I definitely missed it because <laughs> I, I love dancing and every dancer would miss it. Um, but it's it's quite interesting to look back on it because that time when I was like 14 and 15 was when I was eating without thinking about it. So it's quite interesting. Oh. Yeah. Um, And obviously, the gender issues were still there subconsciously, but I wasn't as aware of them as I was when I was um, an older teen, if that makes sense. So they didn't affect me as much. They were still there. They were 100% still there. Um, But I didn't understand them as much, whereas I did understand the pressure that had been put on me in dancing. Um, And then I went back to dancing when I was, like, 16 ish 15 16 ish um and yeah again loved it absolutely loved it but also found the pressure um and then I quit for year 12 a lot of people quit for year for year 12 um I know even in like Irish dancing competitions, like the 18 year old section is always tiny because a lot of people, you know, stop dancing just for year 12 so they can, they can get through it. So I quit a lot of my extracurriculars in year 12 um, and then took it back up again in first year uni. So it's been kind of up and down. Um, but yeah, my eating was the worst in year 12 though, which, you know, um, yeah, it, I wasn't dancing. So it's kind of it's kind of interesting there, but you know, while I wasn't dancing, I was still doing the HSC, which is really stressful. I was still like just starting to realize that gender might be um, a part of this. Um, And, you know, so there was kind of all of that. And even if you're not, you're not dancing at the time, there's still like the historical aspect of that. Um, But yeah, I guess for me, like the main, I think, I think gender played a bigger role in terms of my eating issues than dancing did. Um, because that was something that took me years to figure out because we just weren't given that education. So, you know, I'm basically this masculine person who's in a body that's being read as female um, for years, trying to figure out why my body doesn't feel correct. So the gender, you know, my, my being transgender affected the way that I viewed my body a lot more than you know, the pressure in dancing, but that pressure in dancing was still there. And it's there for the girls and the boys. Um, I've, right. Yeah, like I've spoken to um, men in dancing who feel the same way. Um, and even me being like, I've, since I've transitioned, it's not as stressful as it was in the past because I feel more comfortable in my body. But I still have moments where I'm like, oh, I don't look as muscular as that guy. And I don't look as manly as that guy and that kind of stuff. So it's definitely still there.
0: I mean comparing is already like rampant in in life in society, but in dance, especially, but for you feeling like not just like you're saying like we've talked about this now, it's not just about being thinner, that was part of it, but also like wanting to well yeah, I guess to be thinner, but also just just to want a, the body of a different gender yeah. um I imagine that was just, yeah, I can't imagine how like difficult that that was um can I ask how your dance teachers were? I just, I know that dance teachers can be quite influential. You know, you're spending four or five days a week with them and they're looking at your body and critiquing you and stuff. So I just wondered.
1: It depends at um, what timing you're asking.
0: Oh, did you switch schools, right?
1: I've, yeah, I'm now at my third school in three years. Um, I have, I've spoken about it publicly and I'm happy to. I just won't name names because I just... I just don't think it's conducive the you know what needs to be spoken about is my story and what happened to me and that's my story to tell um and i think that if i name names it's just going to become more about gossip which it's not it's about my story as a trans person so i just won't name names um in my teen years um i was mainly doing much more of ballet than i was irish like i was kind of doing irish more as just like a fun little thing on the side um it was in first year uni that i really picked up irish as my main form of dance um and part of that actually was that it wasn't as focused on your body as ballet is um which it like it still is it absolutely still is but it's not as much if that makes sense like i don't quite know like how to word it properly but i just found that for me when i was doing ballet it was much more focused on what your body looks like. Whereas in Irish, there was definitely still that pressure, but it wasn't to the same level where you were in this like really tight leotard where your ballet teacher would come and like poke you in the stomach and be like, suck that in and, you know, pull in that bottom and all of that. Like there wasn't that there wasn't our teachers coming up to us and poking and prodding us and all of that. Um, I, I do know that some people at other schools experienced that um, in I, in Irish dancing. Uh, luckily I did not. Uh, which is really good but i do know that there are people who experience what i experienced in ballet in irish dancing so i'm not going to say it doesn't happen but for me it wasn't uh, a concern um in terms of yeah transitioning my the teacher at the school i was dancing with at the time was not supportive of my transition um which was really unfortunate because you know the dance studio as I'm sure you know is like a second home so you know we'd all become really close and yeah she was not she was not supportive of me transitioning or remaining at the school um so what is that like I'm like what does that even mean
0: like how would she not be supportive of like you as a person are you talking about more like you wanted to do different steps and things or
1: it was kind of all of that um (laughs) it was bigotry it was we don't want a trans person here so it was discrimination and bigotry um but it was also um yeah not not wanting to allow me to do the men's steps and you know dance as a man and change my name and transition and be at the school as a trans person like they they just didn't want a trans person at the school basically
0: yeah and for people who don't know like irish dance is in my opinion quite gendered i mean some of the steps would be similar but and i suppose ballet somewhat gendered but you think of other forms like tap and things I think it's pretty much everyone does the same everyone does everything um but in Irish dance there are a lot of like pretty significant differences like going up on the toes it was like a big one um types of jumps you know the heel uh male dancers that have like a um a heel that they could click their heels anyways just for people who don't know it, it is quite gendered it's kind of this or that there's not a ton there's a bit of more mixing now maybe but um yeah
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, I do like that now they are doing a lot, like the boys are doing point and the girls are doing um, slightly more masculine steps, which helps me (laughs) Um, because, you know, I spent years doing the women's style and um, it's, I, I was really sad well not sad but like i missed point work i missed it i really did when i transitioned because i love point work i love doing it i'm good at it it's enjoyable so i kind of was like oh it's kind of sad that the boys don't do point um but then i saw that people like are starting to do point in the men's section and i was like this is great like i can do that um so that's been a really like welcome change for me because i spent years perfecting point work and now the men are doing it so i'm like i've I've got a leg up on you. Like I've got this, um, which is is really great. Um, because there is that like feeling for me, both a body feeling, but also a psychological feeling of like, I'm not as man as the other senior men or like, you know, um, I'm not masculine enough or I'm not, I'm not man enough. Um, and you know, because I'm trans that, you know, I, I worry about that. Um, you know, that I'm not going to be seen as, um, as, as masculine as the other senior men um, so that kind of helped me to be like well this is something that i practiced a lot before my transition which is actually going to give me more experience than the other senior men so it really it helped because i've always felt like i'm behind the other senior men which i am because you know they've they've spent all those years i danced in the women's style they spent dancing the men's style and then i had to relearn all of that stuff in like one year
0: (laughs) so can I ask just a quick side note uh do you miss doing slip jig at competition no (laughs) no okay you never like slip jig okay
1: that's like a flat out no um I I get asked that question a lot and um I find it quite funny because it was like one of my favorite parts of transitioning was that I never had to do a slip jig again because (laughs) I was terrible at them I'm so bad at them um okay. like, which was kind of a validating thing for me actually in terms of being trans because it's you know it's a girl's dance and the fact that I could never do this girl's dance was really validating it was like that was proof to me that I've always been a guy because I could never do a slip jig <laughs> um, but yeah I'm just I'm not a graceful dancer I'm not pretty and all of that like you know it's just it's very feminine and it's just not it's not me i can't do it so i was very very glad when i realized that boys didn't have to do slip chicks right that worked
0: in your favor yeah. as well then what about um costumes and stuff i mean that again that's super gendered although there was like one woman who wore the pants or whatever once and it was like oh my god she wore pants um did you yeah did you struggle with that at all
1: yeah yeah i did um i when i was dancing in the women's section i i was i was dancing in the senior ladies for about two years while knowing i was trans which was really hard um because i just wasn't ready to transition i was scared to transition um you know it can be quite hard to transition um especially if you're not sure how people are going to react um which you know for me a lot of people were not supportive um so that's quite common for trans people to be concerned about what reaction they're going to get. Um, So I was dancing as a, you know, quote senior lady for about two years, knowing inside that I was, you know, masculine and that I had a masculine gender. So that was when it was most difficult for me because I had to put on the, you know, the wig and the dress and the makeup and then go up on stage and pretend to be a woman. And the entire time I was focusing so much on how, like, sad I was inside having to pretend to be someone I wasn't. And I was focusing so much on that and so, how, how, how sad I felt that I wasn't being able to show myself on stage where everyone else was, that I couldn't focus on my steps. So it affected my dancing. Um, you know, I couldn't focus on what I was doing and how I was dancing because I was just so heartbroken that I had to pretend to be someone I wasn't um and that i was being read as someone i wasn't and that nobody around me knew who i really was right yeah so the costuming there was something that really really affected me but on the flip side of that um when I did transition and when I went to a school that was affirming, um, of my gender and supportive of me, um, and I, I got my first fitting for a men's like suit and everything. So like for the suit pants and the jacket, even at that fitting, I was like beaming, like my friend pointed it out. He was like, you looked so happy. It's just a fitting, mate. Like, (laughs) but for me, like, I was getting fitted for a suit which is the costume which affirms my gender which shows who i truly am i was going to be able to go on stage as myself for the first time in like 22 years like it was a huge thing for me um and then when that costume arrived and i put it on um my first uh, sorry my first competition dancing as a senior man uh senior man there is a photo of me putting on like the boys shoes in that costume and my face is just like like huge smile because i was just so so happy like i was euphoric because for the first time in my life i was able to go up on stage in the men's costume as myself and have people see me for who i am as opposed to pretending to be something else someone else Um, And someone actually commented um, after I danced from, you know, from the other school, she came up to me and she said, you dance so much better as Hayden than you ever did, you know, pre-transition. And I was like, well, that's because I'm not hiding a huge, like a huge part of myself, which is my gender. Like, that's a pretty big thing to hide about yourself. So when I go up on stage and I'm not having to hide who I am, like, of course, I'm going to dance better.
0: Of course. That's like such a lovely story, especially, you know, Irish dance is very special, you know, close to my heart as well. And so just, yeah, it breaks my heart that like for so many years you were feeling that way, but then like, what an amazing moment for you to like dance is so vulnerable already. Right. Like I, I think it's probably to me, feels like the most vulnerable art form just because it's your whole body moving. Um, and yeah, that's just really amazing. Um, can I ask about, you talked a little bit about people's reactions. So in the Irish dance world, they were kind of like, okay, we get it. Like, well, I don't know. I don't know how much criticism you got or um, feedback, but what about from loved ones or acquaintances when you transitioned, what were the reactions like?
1: Oof. <laughs> it's a big question. I'm happy to answer it. It's just a big question. Um, yeah, and I mean the Irish dance world wasn't great either. Like, um, I don't know if you read the article that I wrote recently, but I did discuss that there, where there was a lot of confusion um, because Australian Irish dancing had never seen a trans person before, so no one knew like whether I was allowed to compete or how I could compete or what they should do. Um, so you know, we had to go through and bite with not fight but advocate um, for a change in the policy because their policy didn't have anything about trans people so they didn't know what to do so and that was more about confusion and you know just not having that policy in place as opposed to you know maliciousness or anything like that but it was still really hard um, to have to advocate to be like hey please let me compete as myself. yeah, and then you know, obviously my first dance school, um, the teacher was not supportive, so I had to find a new school. Um, and then you know, they were quite supportive, but then earlier this year, the the owner of the ballet studio, which the Irish school was underneath, so not my Irish teacher, she's amazing, don't blame her. Um, <laughs> but the the owner of the ballet school hired someone who wasn't supportive of me, so I had to find a new school again. Um, so I'm now at my third school. So you know, it hasn't been great in Irish dancing either. Um, there have been some incredible people along the way though like do not get me wrong there have been some there have been a lot of good people and they kind of drown out the bad the bad ones because I've had some really incredible people in my corner in Irish dancing so there have been some negative situations and some just frustrating situations which weren't you know, like changing the policy, it wasn't a malicious thing, but it was just frustrating. Um, and then there have been some great situations with really supportive people who stood by me, who, um, you know, come up to me at competitions and tell me how well I dance or say that, you know, their child knows more about trans people because they've seen me dancing and has done their research and all of that, which is really lovely. So, you know, there's been a lot of different things, but the positives outweigh the negatives for me, which is really good. Um, sure but in terms of, yeah, my family, um, yeah, my family and I don't get on. <laughs> um, and yeah, part of that is, um, yeah, me transitioning, but we didn't have the best relationship before that, to be fair. Um, but yeah, no, when I transitioned, my family said some very awful things. Um, and my mom is just not supportive. Uh, she told me that I was, you know, killing her daughter, Um, and that she was really upset that she was losing her daughter which is again like I don't I don't hold any hard feelings against her because it's like I can understand why she would say that like I don't agree with it because I'm still here I'm just your son like I'm the same person I'm just happier like wouldn't you rather have a happy child than a depressed child who's the right gender but you know it's at the end of the day she's not going to change her view and um you know I'm not going to un-trans so (laughs) you know because I am who I am and I'm so happy being who I am so I've kind of said to her like you either accept me as your son or we're not going to have a relationship which is kind of where we're at now we communicate if we have to um but other than that we just we try to limit communication which is you know it's it's sad but it's quite common for trans people unfortunately um because there is so much negativity and there is um a lack of education and you know society is still, you know, working towards trans inclusion. So a lot of older people, which my mum falls into, so like, you know, people's parents who are mostly baby boomers, boomers are not the most inclusive group of people. Like I'm sorry, but we it's true. Um so a lot of a lot of boomers just don't they yeah, they just don't understand and they're not going to support people if they don't understand. So you know that happened but that's you know it is what it is um but all of my friends were really supportive so that's been really good and i kind of created my own family in the lgbti community and in the dancing community and like they've become basically my family um you know it's it's such a good example of you know your family is not always who you're biologically related to because for me the people who i consider my family are like just really, really close friends who helped me through my transition and advocated for me, um, who were there for me through thick and thin and will always support me. So yeah. So I have like my own, my own family now that I've created.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which is really lovely. And so are you, are you hopeful then that things will just continue to get better every generation as far as accepting trans people?
1: yeah yeah um, i'm hopeful and i'm also um what's the word like i trust that i think that is going to happen um because what we've seen so far is that you know with time more education has come out more information has come out um and with that education and information more trans people have felt comfortable to come out um so it's benefited so many people because trans people have felt safer to come out um, trans people have had more people accept them and people who aren't trans have been able to accept trans people because they know more um so you know my generation our generation is quite accepting of trans people um I haven't met a lot of transphobic people who are around our age usually they're older um, obviously there are some um, but you know it gets less and less um, as we get into the you know newer generations um and like teenagers these days like they're so switched on like they're so woke honestly I'm just like the kids are okay like honestly um like I've met you know nine-year-olds who already know about trans issues and they're like spot on with them I was like my friend's kid like was like oh you're trans okay and I was just like wow yeah like Because there's a lot more education now and it just proves that teaching your children about trans people is a good thing to do because they're going to be more inclusive, you know? So I've met children and teenagers who know about trans people, who are supportive of trans people, who like, yeah, know a lot more than I expect them to know and they're like super woke and it's like, it's great. Like, it's a great, like, (laughs) yeah. I, I, I really do think that, Um, with the work that trans advocates have done as well, like the work that I've done in the Irish dance community to make, you know, to make the change in the policy in Australia has meant that other trans people have felt more comfortable to come back to Irish dancing Um, I've had other trans dancers reach out to me and thank me for doing that because they stopped Irish dancing um, because they didn't think they'd be able to compete and then found out about me and now they feel more comfortable to compete. Um, I've had parents of trans kids message me and say, hey, I have a trans 11 year old or 12 year old who wants to dance um, and we weren't sure, you know, how they would go with that but we learnt about you through this article or through this video or through so-and-so through word of mouth and um we're thinking of putting them into irish dancing because we heard about the change that you made so you know even things like that like things that i've done things that other trans activists have done things that you know people trans people around the world have been doing have make made change for other people and made things more inclusive without even realizing you know what i mean all about that visibility for sure
0: like it's just visibility it's seeing something that you are in someone else and you're like oh right like if you know you can aspire to that or you know they did it i can do it sort of thing and like props to you for being like the first one to you know be that person at least in australia like you know um that's really again, it like really opened my eyes as, as an Irish dancer and as someone who I consider myself to be quite open-minded, but I also, I don't, I don't know a a trans person, which like, which I, exactly. That's what I was just thinking. Like I do now, but um, I think that's really important too, is like, if you have even one person, you're like, oh, well, like I know they're a cool person or I know they're, I don't know. I'm simplifying it a lot, but I think maybe 50, 60 years ago, maybe we didn't know Maybe no one knew a gay person, right? And now it's like, we all know someone who's gay, or, you know, like, or, you know, it's the same with race. It's like this contact. My mom was telling me about there's this like contact theory or contact hypothesis. It's about, um, yeah, if you come in contact with a, a person who's a certain identity, but you also have to like have a shared experience with them or something, you can't just like see them on the street, but um, if you like build a relationship, I don't know, I'm not quoting it well, but there's some cool contact theory about that. And I think, the more visibility, the more people that are sharing their story and putting themselves out there and making connections like we are. It's like, then you, it just spreads from there. Like you're so right. Yeah. You worded that way better than I did.
1: Um, God, no, <laughs> no, I was like, oh, I'm rambling. So bad. No, you're good. Uh, yeah. but yeah, that's exactly it. Like I think people don't understand the power of visibility. Um, like, and, and I didn't, I, I didn't either. Um, I, you know, obviously went into like, obviously, how am I wording this? You know, like performing in Irish dancing and competing in Irish dancing as a trans person for me was just me being myself and wanting to be myself. Like I never really thought about the fact that I was the only one. Um, Obviously, like sometimes it did get to me, but it, it wasn't something that I thought about in terms of it being visibility. It was more just about, I want to be treated like everyone else. I want to compete like everyone else. I don't want to be seen as, you know, some weird person or a freak or anything like that. I just want to compete. Um, So it didn't really occur to me that I was this kind of figure that people looked up to until I started getting all of these messages from people um, saying, you know, that I had changed their views or um, that, you know, they hadn't thought about trans people in Irish dancing until they'd seen me or that I'd inspired their child who's trans to start Irish dancing, or, you know, that I'd inspired them to come back to Irish dancing and they're trans, you know, like, and even like people like yourself and, people who aren't trans or don't know anyone who's trans have messaged me the same the same as you did, um, saying, I've never met a trans person before. I'm an Irish dancer. Um, I'd never thought about this until I saw you and you've inspired me. I find your story incredible. And it, meant, it means the world to me. Every time I get those messages, it's so heartwarming to know that, you know, the changes that I've made and just being myself, like not even doing anything You know, more than just being myself in Irish dancing has inspired others. Like, that's so good. And that's what we talk about, like with visibility, like you don't realize how important visibility is until people point it out to you. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's all, this is all just about like treating each other like humans, right? Like, that's what all these things, all these forms of discrimination come down to, right? Is like, can we all just treat each other the same? And I just think a lot of it comes from, Fear, you know, a lot of the discrimination is like fear of the unknowns and we don't understand. So I think, yeah, the visibility is like whether it's you see an actor who's trans, or ideally you meet someone or you, you work with someone or whatever it is. And it's just like, oh, right, they're just human. Maybe people just need that reminder or something. And we shouldn't, like, ideally we would all just grow up 100% like loving each other. But, you know, maybe we need that reminder of like, oh, yeah, that person, you know, is just a normal human like me. So yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, exactly as you said, like, you know, people shouldn't need these reminders, but, you know, we, we do and that's fine. And, you know, I've needed reminders about other identities um, for the same reason. I'm not going to say that I'm immune to that. Um. So, you know, I understand why people need it for trans people. And, you know, hopefully within time, we'll get to a point where that's not the case, where, you know, you don't have to personally know someone who is trans or, you know, disabled or, Muslim or you know some kind of minority in order to understand them but you know we're not there yet and that's fine so you know you, and that's why visibility is so important you know that that's yeah. what this does is yeah being visible as the person that you are does this education without it without you even realizing that you are educating people
0: yeah I was also going to ask if people like speaking of educating people do you get a lot of like questions and does that bother you or are you like should they should just like google it do you get exhausted of like educating people or do you
1: yes (laughs) it well it, it depends what they're asking to be honest um like to be to be fair um but yeah sometimes I do get quite frustrated if it's a question that they could easily find the answer to like literally just by googling um that that can be quite frustrating. Usually, I you know will be quite patient. If it's you know if someone's come to me who has never met a trans person before, who is genuinely trying to learn and to improve their understanding, then I will be you know patient with them and explain things to them if they want to know a bit more. Um, but if it's someone who is asking me something that I just think is, you know, really really basic, um, you know, like. I've had someone message me asking what transgender meant. And I was like, oh you my. can type that to Google. Like, I don't need to tell you that, you know, but if it's someone asking me like, hey, I haven't met someone who's trans before, I'd really like to know what it feels like to be trans and what your experience is like being trans, then I'm absolutely happy to answer that. You know, so it kind of just depends on what the question is. Um, and the other issue as well is um, some people will ask very inappropriate questions and that's where it's kind of just like, that's not okay. You know, I've, I've had people who think that it's appropriate to ask me publicly what my genitals look like. Um, Which is, you know, to me, I'm just like, how could you possibly think that's okay? But I've had multiple people do that. I've had people come up to me at public like, events like parties and stuff, or, you know, festivals or something who've, you know, seen me wear a shirt that says I'm trans, or they've seen me in the community. So they know I'm trans and will come up and be like, Oh, like, are your genitals different? And what surgeries have you had? And I've had people like post on my Facebook asking me that, like, or send me Instagram messages asking me that, like, that is not okay. It's never okay. Um, no matter how, you know, ignorant you are, or, you know, no matter how little interaction you've had with trans people you should still understand that it's not okay to ask anybody about their genitals like regardless of if they're trans or cisgender like it's just never okay right
0: yeah like if you wouldn't ask anyone like yeah yeah end of story we shouldn't be doing that that's um yeah i'm sorry you went through that it sounds really like just kind of gross someone asking you and just like humiliating and weird and like oh
1: yeah it's gross and it's very othering. It's, it's kind of like in, in them asking that, it's kind of painting me up as I'm like, I'm some kind of different kind of human, which is really hurtful. So it's, it's uncomfortable. It's gross. It's hurtful. It's discriminatory. It's just not okay. Um, so when it comes to those kind of questions, I'll just be like, that is inappropriate. You can't ask that. Um, you know, when it comes to questions that are really easy, like what is transgender? Google it. Um, if it's, you know, something that's genuinely someone trying to learn that, you know, they want to know my experience, then yes, I will answer that. So it it really comes down to what's being asked.
0: Yeah. I was thinking about like pronouns as well, because I am still learning about, not about pronouns. I know what pronouns are, but like when to, when to use them. And I had to like Google that before I was like getting in touch with you and like emailing you and stuff. Cause I was like, I know like yours are like he slash they. And then I was like, but does that mean they're interchangeable? Do I use both? Does he prefer one? And I was like, oh geez. So I went on like this Twitter hole trying to figure it out. And then kind of the the gist of it was like, if you're not sure it's okay to ask the person, like if they have a preference, because like that can mean different things for other people, like he slash they can mean. Anyways. So I learned a lot just from that. Um, But I don't know. I think that's something as a society we're still really getting used to. And you probably, I don't know, do you deal with people using the incorrect pronouns for you a lot
1: yeah (laughs) Um, but I just want to say like yeah like what you've done before this interview is what everyone should do in this situation like you googled it first you researched it first you you know you did that work yourself and then when you still you know when you've Realized that it was okay to ask then you ask like that is such like i just want to say like that's the right thing to do you know and that's what we're talking about when it's like you know things like what is transgender or what are pronouns or how do i use pronouns like there are resources out there that people can access if they need to know that information you know you don't need to ask a trans person that you know so you did the right yeah. thing and more people should do that so yay um <laughs> but yeah no i do um it's interesting for me um yeah being misgendered happens a lot, but not not as much now. So I've been on testosterone for almost two years now. Um, it'll be two years in January, so I guess not almost. I'm getting a bit ahead of myself. <laughs> um, but um, I've been on testosterone for a while, so I don't get misgendered as much now because i I pass more as male and as masculine. um but when I was quite early in my transition, I would get misgendered like everywhere I went um I would get you know even at my dance school where everyone was like you know really supportive of me but they would accidentally do it because they would go off you know and this is the society we live in which is very cisnormative, where you know everyone is assumed to be cisgender unless people know otherwise um, so you know society people in society are kind of um I guess kind of molded into gendering people based on the way they look. And it's not something that people do on purpose. It's, it's just right. the way that society is, it happens. So people would look at me and see what I looked like and then automatically say, she, and then they feel bad and they'd be like, sorry, I mean, he, um, you know, and it's fine. Like mistakes happen. Um, but that happened a lot more when I, when I was quite early in my transition. Um, but the longer I've been on hormones, the less it happens. But it still does happen. Um, People make assumptions based on the fact I have a ponytail, Um, which I think is quite funny. But, you know, people will be like, oh, I'm so sorry. It's just you have a ponytail. And I'm like, do you know how many guys have ponytails? (laughs) Like, you know, Um, so it does still happen, but definitely not to the same extent. Um, And... It was interesting with dancing because firstly, like with my dance school, um, yeah, like people messed up a bit at the beginning. Um, but then the longer I was there, the more they got used to the right pronouns. So a lot of it is that like when you first transition, um, people in your life, um, who've known you as the previous pronouns, it takes time, like it takes time. And then also going to this school where people didn't know me pre transition, it still took them time because they were going off what they saw. And what they saw was someone who was very early in their transition. So, it, it, you know, it, I'm not saying that it's ever OK to misgender someone, but I'm just saying that it, it can happen by accident. And the right thing to do is just to be like, oh, I'm so sorry, and then correct yourself and then move on. So, you know, it, it, it does happen. There's a huge difference between someone accidentally misgendering me and then apologizing and someone purposely misgendering me, which has happened. And that's happened out of transphobia, which is very different to someone just slipping up. Right. Sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for um, sharing. Thank you for sharing all of this. I don't know if I've said that, but I really appreciate it. You're sharing a lot of personal stuff and um, thank you. Um, right. <laughs> I want to, I think a nice way to kind of end uh, soon ish would be talking about like where you are now in terms of accepting, loving your body. You mentioned it a few times. You're like, I love my body. I'm like, let's get into that because that sounds like something I want to hear about. Um, kind of like how I know you said, hormones have helped helping you feel more like yourself and things but just kind of where are you now
1: um yeah yeah big question but great question and i (laughs) love it um but yeah so the hormones have definitely helped but it's not just the hormones like it's also been dancing which i know we've talked about a lot but dancing the men's steps makes me feel comfortable in my body um and it's, it's, it's really hard to explain, but it, it's really gender affirming for me that even when I was very early in my transition and I didn't start hormones until I was a year in because that's kind of how it works in terms of accessing hormones. You have to live as your gender for quite some time and that's changing now. But when I started my transition, that's where it was at. Um, so the first year that I was living as a masculine person, I was not on testosterone, which was hard for me um, a lot. But it was really interesting because like in everyday society and like, you know, going to uni and stuff like that, I would get quite uh, self-conscious about the way I looked and the fact that I didn't, to myself, I didn't look masculine enough. But then when I went into Irish dance class and I put on the boys' shoes and I did the boys' reel and I danced the boys' steps and I danced as a senior man, I felt so comfortable in my body because it was it was. I felt like my body was truly a masculine body, which it was and it always has been, regardless of what it looked like before I transitioned. I am a masculine person. My body is a masculine body. That's the, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I am a masculine person. Therefore, my body, regardless of what it looks like, is a masculine body. Um, but even though I knew that, it's still a different way to feel it. You know, yeah. if people are viewing my body as feminine, even though I'm masculine, that hurts so when i put when i did the the you know the men's steps and i was dancing in the, in the men's shoes it like it reminded me that my body was masculine because sometimes i would get really down on myself and it was like no i i'm a masculine person i have a masculine body i'm doing these steps like this is euphoric because i know that i am truly myself i don't have to think about all of this stuff in society because right now I am dancing and I am dancing as a masculine person. I'm dancing as a senior man. Um, And that was such an incredible feeling. And it still is every time I go to dance class and I put on those shoes and I dance the men's steps. It's like, it's euphoric because I am like I am doing the masculine steps in my masculine body as a masculine person. And I feel, truly happy with my body and what it's doing for me and the way I feel inside is being matched on the outside and so even though hormones helped with that in terms of matching the inside to the outside the hormones helped with that but if I didn't have dancing I don't know if I would be as happy with my body as I am now because now I have the hormones and the dancing and just those elements together it's like when I dance my body is moving as a masculine body. I'm feeling my body as a masculine body. Yeah. And with the hormones, I can look in the mirror and see a masculine person, see myself for the first time. Uh, well, not the first time now, but <laughs> see myself looking back at me. Um, so, yeah, both of those together just, yeah, I think, I think a lot of people don't understand how important dancing is to dancers and the movement of your body how important that is to your relationship with your body and for me as a trans person it was such a huge part of my transition and it still is to the to the point where dancing the senior men's steps is so euphoric for me
0: i mean that's like dance at its best right there that is like you know that is what dance should be for everyone is you're out you're out there performing but not just performing but you are expressing who you are like that is, that's what we should all aim for. And like, I mean, I have my own issues with kind of how gendered Irish dance is in kind of other ways. Whereas like, I feel quite boxed in as doing the, doing the female stuff sometimes. And I feel like I always have to be, always have to be graceful or always have to be kind of, I've done a few shows and stuff and it's always like you have to wear the short skirts and it's always, so I like have issue with it almost in that way. But in, in terms of where you are right now, I think that's really, really like working for you. And that's
1: really great. I mean, I definitely have those issues as well. So it's like, it's a conflict. Okay. It's definitely a conflict. Um, I guess for me, it's like when I'm doing the men's steps, it's very affirming for me in terms of my gender. But I definitely agree that Irish dancing is way too gendered. And, you know, um, the fact that it was so difficult for me to move from the women's dances to the men's dances is like that says a lot like how of how gendered Irish dancing is so like I definitely feel that and like I was saying like I really love that the boys are now doing point work because that was easier for me to get into and I'm I'm loving that it is becoming slightly less gendered in terms of the steps but it's still like it was so hard for me to relearn the whole syllabus because of how gendered it is whereas as you said if I was in tap dancing or hip-hop I wouldn't have had that issue but Irish dancing is gendered so much that it was really difficult for me. Um, And I do find the costuming to be quite, you know, like I I have that issue with the costuming as well, that it's very sexualized for women when they're dancing uh, in those stage shows. Um, I I don't like the way that women are objectified in those stage shows. Um, Yeah, I mean, depending on how each woman feels, you know, I'm not gonna say that if someone dresses a certain way that they shouldn't do that, but just, yeah. I do think that there are issues with um, with how gendered it is. And, you know, if if a woman doesn't feel comfortable wearing a short skirt, she shouldn't have to. I don't like that a lot of women are being kind of pressured into doing that. You know, it's one thing to be a woman who wants to wear a short skirt because they love it and they love the feel of it. That's great, awesome. But if there's yeah. another woman who doesn't want to wear that costume, you should not force her to wear that costume. Um, so. And that's for
0: that's for another episode. I could go on all day about like, yeah gendered outfits and objectification yeah yeah for sure pressures of you know looking uniform on the stage and all this but we can that can be for another talk that we have or another episode or
1: something um yeah i feel like it would be really cool to hear an episode um, that, you, that you do with a, with a woman who's an Irish dancer, because I think that it's not my place to talk about that issue. Um, you know, especially like the short skirts and stuff like that's not my, my place. I'm a masculine person. It's not my place, but I think it's really important. And I think that, um, yeah, that it's a conversation that needs to have women at the forefront of it. Um, so if you do do it, let me know. Cause I'm, I'm keen to listen.
0: For sure. I've thought about that for a while and, you know, had some conversations and stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I'll think about doing an episode. That could be cool. Uh, do it. Yeah. Thank you so much, um, Hayden. Is there anything before we do like a little kind of questions at the end? Is there anything else you want to cover that we didn't that we didn't cover that you're like, oh, I wish we'd talked about this?
1: I don't think so. I think we've been pretty good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're gonna do quick questions before we end. So this is like first thing questions, first thing that comes to mind. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Um, introvert or extrovert? I'm an it. Okay. That means right in the middle or
1: both, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's kind of like you have elements of both, yeah. Yeah, I'm the same.
0: Um, beer or wine or neither? Wine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mountains or beach?
1: Ooh,
0: probably beach. Australian, yeah. <laughs> <It makes sense>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I just imagine lots of beautiful beaches around. There are a lot. Uh, uh, Facebook or Instagram? Instagram. Uh, tea or coffee? Tea. Summer or winter? Summer. (laughs) Uh, Running or swimming? Swimming. Okay, and last one, cake or pie? Very important. Cake. Okay, says a lot about someone. (laughs) Um, if If you could travel somewhere tomorrow, where would you go? Probably Ireland. Oh, really? Okay, last one, I ask everyone, what is the best thing or your favorite thing your body allows you to do?
1: Well, I mean, I guess the obvious answer is dance um right but I'm trying to figure out how to make that more specific but yeah um I like the fact that my body allows me to to do Irish dancing and um enjoy that so much um and it's not a dance form that everyone can do so true yeah yeah (laughs)
0: love that that's perfect so, okay, just before we end, would you like to tell people where they can find you if you want to share on social media or anything?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, my Instagram and Twitter are both Hayden underscore seek 94, I think. <laughs> I think that's my Instagram <laughs> Twitter, but you can check if that's wrong. Um, and yeah, I'm sure you'll write it in like the description or something. Um, yeah, so Hayden underscore seek 94. Um, it's a dad joke that I thought was hilarious when I wrote it because it sounds like hide and seek Um, (laughs) yeah I'm just like I love dad jokes but like no one gets it so it's just like lost on people they're like why do you have seek in your name when your name's moon and I'm like it's a joke laugh with me (laughs) Um, but yeah you can find me on my terribly named uh, dad joked named twitter and instagram yeah, I think that's
0: it. And the, oh, never mind. I was going to say the intersectional Irish dancers, but you're not running that one. No, for some reason. I-
1: oh yeah, you can follow that. I was like, my brain, I was like, I know there's something else. Yeah. So I'm co- I co-run it with Tara. Um, Tara does most of the Instagram stuff because I'm just like technologically illiterate. Um, whereas Tara actually knows how to use technology, um, but we do co-run uh, intersectional Irish dancers. So you should definitely follow that as well.
0: Cool. Perfect. Okay, well, Hayden, thank you so, so much for being here. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. All right, that's all for today's episode. Thanks for being here. And thanks to Hayden for sharing his story. Remember, we're at Buy Me Coffee slash everybody's story if you can contribute something. And find us on Instagram at everybody's podcast. Remember to follow, rate, review, and share the podcast with a friend. New episodes are out every Friday. And remember that you and your body are lovely and wonderful just as they are right now. Thanks again for listening and I will see you next week.